Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways and not just on Saturday. Hey, you all, it's Anna David here with the After Party Podcast about addiction, recovery, etc. Today, I'm just going to launch right into the guest. I don't have that much to say, which is weird. I will say this will be totally out of date, but I'm going to New York next week to interview some pretty amazing people for the podcast. Now, the last time I did that, I warned you that, well, these interviews may not come through, and I was right. <laughs> they never did. Could happen again, you know, sometimes with the bigger guests, it's like a yes, and then it's a doesn't work out, and I have a lot of other reasons to be in New York, so I'm cool with that. If you are, I'm not going to tell you who these people are, because what if it doesn't work? So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about going to New York. I'm excited about many, many things, including today's guest. Now, he has a podcast of his own. This is the Podcaster on Podcaster episode. His name is Shane Raymer, and he's got, he likes to call it a radio show called That Sober Guy. There's a website, thatsoberguy.com. What we did, we did a little doubleheader. I interviewed him for my podcast, and he interviewed me for his podcast. As a result, my throat hurts, which is why this is going to be a sort of short intro. But he's a wonderful guy. He's from Northern California. He got sober. Ugh, you know I'm really bad at this. 2013, 2014. He's new to it-ish. And he just launched right into this sort of recovery work. He's super passionate about it. And you should check out his podcast. And he's got a private Facebook group. Um, you can get all that if you go to thatsoberguy.com. What's interesting, in addition to his passion for recovery, he's got a passion for podcasting. And he does an internal podcast for his company. He works for a corporation. Have you ever heard of this? He does a podcast. He loves podcasting so much that he does a podcast just for his company. How's that? If you want to do a podcast of your own, this is a good episode to listen to because we get into the nitty gritty. Speaking of which, I have a new podcast. If you don't listen to it, I recommend stopping this right now and going and downloading. It's called You've Got Issues with Anna David. In it, I talk to guests about the pettiest issues that plague them, and we get to what's underneath it. If you sign up for the newsletter, I'm going to send you an ebook for free, the top 10 career issues people struggle with and how to move past them. You can get to that newsletter by going to issueswithannanewsletter.com. And I release that podcast every Friday. And check out the website, issueswithanna.com. This podcast, After Party Pod, the current one that you're listening to, is released every, did I just say I release issues on Fridays or Mondays? I release it on Mondays. 
After Party Pod, I release every other Friday. After Party Pod is a part of After Party Magazine, the website I run about addiction and recovery. Go check that out. And here I'm going to give you Shane Raymer. I first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash. Oh my God. I think my copy has like blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it. Party animal. I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as right. I call it, the Autobahn to nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? All right. All right. We're going. So Shane, you've just explained to me that you have a podcast that dwarfs mine. So anybody who is listening to this because Shane is on it, come listen to this more often. Yes. You'll, it, it, they're good adjunct podcasts. Together. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about your podcast. You started it in 2014. Yeah. So I, I started it in April of 2014. It's called That Sober Guy, Sober Guy Radio. Man, I, I went to rehab in 2013. Uh-huh. So that's part of the journey of the podcast. I basically started it to kind of document my my journey and mm-hmm. where um, where this, where this new life was going to take me. And, and man, it's really just grown into just an awesome community of people. We have a private Facebook group. We obviously have the website. I've met some amazing people in recovery, of course. And then also through the community of, of sober guy radio and that sober guy. So man, I'm just, I'm doing it by the day. It's super crazy. There's just a lot of new things, but I honestly, like I wake up every day, like excited to live and to see what's going to come next. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really, it's, I'm really enjoying life right now. I have two amazing kids, Lucy and Cash, and then my wife, Jess, who's super awesome too, very supportive. And man, I'm just, I'm just doing the thing. I'm glad to be here with you today too. So thank you for having You're me. You're so welcome. You've traveled quite a, you haven't traveled as far as my guest who traveled from Canada. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's I far. know. So yeah, you got to be really a little far. more impressive. No, yeah. I'm always just super <laughs> grateful when somebody comes. I'm always grateful for anyone to come on the podcast, but so that's really soon in your sobriety to launch into something like this. Yeah. Tell me about that. You know, I don't know. It's, I think I just, I woke up, I was kind of trying to buy, I was trying to, use my time. I was working a night shift still. And that's really when I was like at the worst with my addiction. Mm -hmm. So basically I was coming home every night and I was just like isolating and doing drugs and drinking like every night. And you were married then? Yeah, I was married. I had my daughter. She was, she was like two, I think at the time. Yeah. So I had all these beautiful like blessings right in front of me, but I couldn't see any of them. I could only see I could only see the negative side of things, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. I, Mm -hmm. I was only able to focus on that. So when I finally, you know, decided to to do, make some changes, I still had to go back to my job, which was in the night, nighttime. And you know, with patterns, it's really hard to break patterns. Like mm-hmm. when we're stuck in certain things, we tend to we tend to want to do a lot of the same things. So in order to kind of break that, I, I started. I like to learn. I like to learn new things. I started listening to podcasts. I didn't really know much about it at the time, mm-hmm. but I have a, a background in in music. I'm a musician. Also, I had a lot of time producing and recording. And so it was kind of easy for me once I decided, I think I woke up in bed one night and I was like, dude, I'm going to start a fucking podcast and Mm -hmm. I'm just going to document my journey and I want to share this shit with people and hope that someone else out there maybe feels the same way I do and maybe it can help them and in turn it'll help me too. Mm -hmm. And so it took about a month maybe to get it all together and I launched it and I'm just, I just been going at it ever since. And it's been really, really cool. A month is not long. 
Yeah. Because people email me and they ask me how to start a podcast. And I was just yeah. telling you with After Party Pod, I just had no idea what I was doing. I, ha- I took out my iPhone. <laughs> There's some I, apps. <laughs> and, I, and I just asked somebody some questions. Yeah. And, you know, and then I you know, figured out how to put on iTunes. And I was editing it on Audacity and it sounded terrible. And yeah. people would email me. And I don't know how people found it. Yeah. I have no idea, but I did no prep. And so with this really? new podcast, I i mean, I think I, I came up with the idea in December and it's now June and I yeah. just launched it. I mean, I recorded 10 episodes up top. Nice. I really studied how do you make a podcast successful? I created yeah. a website for it. I did the whole thing. So what did you do in a month? Oh man, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know that I've even given that any thought in so long. Well, I got, first I figured out the the website name. Uh-huh. I think I started with like soberman.net or something. And then yeah. that kind of morphed into that sober guy. Yeah. And so I, I kind of established like the name of it, I guess, first. And then like literally I just started digging for like uh, probably two weeks. I, I listened to a lot of entrepreneurial podcasts like Pat Flynn. We talked a little bit about John Lee Dumas. Mm-hmm. I talked, I, ta- I listened to him a bit. And then I really did a lot of research on the internet and just like one step at a time, I guess, from actually creating, well, the content part of it, I guess, kind of came easy because that's just me talking. But Mm -hmm. when you get into the tech side of it, as you know, it can be difficult. Mm -hmm. So I guess there just was a lot of research done. I think I I started, you're definitely ahead of me on that, on 10 episodes. I think I had like two or three and I just just jumped in kind of. And How many do you post? One a week? I post one every Friday. Yeah, Yeah. Every Friday. You know, I post this on Fridays and then now I've learned in my research that Monday is the day to post That's podcasts. That's heard. But, yeah. but it makes sense. Yeah. Aren't people tired by Friday? Who knows? That's, Who knows? That's kind of what I was hoping that like, even if, if I launch it on Friday... Maybe it's in there and then they can listen to it on Monday. Yeah, Monday's so good for listening to podcasts. I personally, you know, what's funny is I was so into podcasts, which is why I started this. Yeah. And then ever since I've stopped listening. I Man, try. I'm not the only one. Yeah, There's, I try. Okay, I don't have time. <laughs> well, I do. I'm still driving all the time. Yeah, true. But true. I just, I kind of listen to some and then I get bored. Yeah. But but when it becomes more of the job, it becomes less entertainment. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because you hear kind of the behind the scenes part of it, the especially editing too. Do you do editing? No, no. so be careful oh, with what you're you say. You're so lucky right now. Then I'm, why do you? I, I, I'm such a like freak about control. And yeah. that goes, I think that's a recovery issue. And or it, an addiction <laughs> issue. Or an addiction issue. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree. But I don't know. I'm working on that. I've been able to give up. Like I have a really awesome girl named Krista who does all social media and she does my website uploading all the content. She uploads it for me, but I still haven't gotten out of the actual editing process. And that's really what probably takes the most time, mm-hmm. I think, out of anything. But yeah, I mean, I tried valiantly to to edit and I and I couldn't. And then I just realized, you know, what I love about podcasting is that it's so organic and there, it's yeah. like the one form of entertainment where it's not planned. Yeah. And which is why I don't come up with questions ahead of time. I yeah, I, like I kind of travel like I follow a little bit the Mark Marin thing where I don't look up much about the guest because yeah. I just want to discover at the same time that the listener is discovering yeah. it. Yeah. So we kind of feel like it's funny that you brought that up too, because it's like I've I've had that that kind of conversation in my head before. Like, how much research do I do about the guests coming on? Because 
is it my job to know them and know everything about them? Or is it my job to kind of kick back and get to know them just as the audience is knowing them too? Yeah. So I think there's a, I think there's a, a line in between somewhere, mm-hmm. but I'm with you more on the freestyle aspect of it. Like mm-hmm. I think it's easier to do the cookie cutter style with some set questions uh, like I have a couple of them I'm, I'm trying out. It's called the heart and hustle round. And I it's saw just that. Like, yeah. It's like five of the same questions and it's, they're real short, you know, put your heart into it, but answer in 30 seconds or less. Yeah. So I'm kind of trying that out. I think it's all about trying new things out too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because listeners don't seem to care if you switch it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was really worried about that when I first started after party pod, I first of all had a co-host. Really? <laughs> she got too busy oh, yeah. after two episodes. Really? Maybe yeah. she didn't like her voice. She's got a great voice. She was writing on a TV show, so it just oh, wasn't okay, okay. realistic. And also yeah. I found that having three people, you know, each other and a guest, first of all, people were, were having trouble, you know, differentiating between our voices. Yeah, yeah. And second of all, it's a lot of, that's a lot of people talking. It is. It is. Yeah. We, we do do that occasionally with three guests and I always feel like I have to be like, so Josh, what's up? And then so, so Nick, so, so Randy, people know. Like, yeah. 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 And it's just kind of, it's kind of tough to keep it going like that. Yeah, I would agree. So, okay. And, and so what, what else you were mentioning that you do another podcast? What else is your life like? You know, you're a dad of two kids. Yeah. You do that sober guy podcast. What else is going on in your life? So it's kind of, kind of a cool story, kind of, kind of crazy too, just in, in having opportunities. And I've really learned that no one's going to give shit to me. I have to go get it myself. Mm-hmm. And so for a, for a long, long time, I played the victim role for very, very many years about, you know, the poor me, you know, I had a, I had a rough childhood, alcoholism runs in my family. That's just me. You know, that whole, that whole BS that, I mean, it's not, I'm not the only one. There's hundreds and thousands of other people out there with the same story. But for me, when I kind of figured out that, man, I don't have to live like that. Like that's a choice I can make. And mm-hmm. so if I want something, I can go get it. And so mm-hmm. first off was obviously going in and, and getting sober. And then secondly, when I started the podcast, I, like I mentioned before, I'm a musician. And for so many years, I wanted to be in the music business. Like that's what I wanted to do. I watched bands like, um, like Incubus and Papa Roach. Papa Roach is from my hometown. And so I grew up watching them. And when they, when they made it big, it was like, well, well, damn, if they could do it, I could do it too. Mm -hmm. But with that, I thought came that kind of rock star lifestyle, even though I was, wasn't even close to a rock star. I just wanted to party and play Mm -hmm. little shows and have fun. Right. Anyways, I'm getting off track here, but when I started the podcast, I'm still working for a corporate, a, a very big corporate company out of Northern and Central California. And it took me about six months. And from the beginning, I had this idea that that was around for a while. And then finally, I kind of brought it in and I just did this mock podcast for them one day. Mm-hmm. I just did it up and I put together this little page, this little single page report. And I was like, look, I'm in customer service. I said, we could really use a podcast as a communication platform for all of customer service. And and then it could go to larger to the whole company. Like we could use it for our executives, for our corporate leaders, for everything. And so it took me about, it took me about six months of kind of going back and forth. I did the mock one. I didn't have anyone coming to me saying, oh, hey, are you going to do that podcast? It was me just pushing, you know, and mm-hmm. being respectful and being very professional about it. But at the same time, like I just, I really knew that it was a possibility. Like I could foresee it like I could, I could envision it, I guess. And so to make a long story short, the project got funded. 
they, they, we set up a plan. I went on a communications team. And so that's what I do now for the, for the corporate podcast is I travel around and we do, like, I just did one with the CEO the other day, which is super cool. And yeah, yeah it was Talk just really getting fun. in there. Yeah. Yeah. And just having fun. And we just keep it, we, we keep it on a customer service level too. So like our, our reps and our contact centers and our offices, it's just a cool way for them to not get the same old email every week. They get a podcast now. So it's not out to the public or anything, but at the same time, it's still, it's still being used as a good communication platform. That's interesting. And plus, I mean, the growth of podcasting over the next, I actually don't think it's going to be called podcasting. What do you mean? In a few years. I don't know. What the hell is it going to be called? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if I buy that. I know. I don't, I, that's, if I, I changed it to Sober Guy Radio. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Radio and is the antiquated word, not podcasting. I, yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, and, and I could be wrong. Trust me. My wife, she's, she's, she's right all the time. She's right all the time. Yeah. Yes, she really is. And I'm wrong a lot. But in this case, I thought to myself with technology evolving and with as, as cars start coming out and we start seeing the ability to have podcasts in cars, basically, yeah. I really think that it's going to evolve into something maybe like on-demand radio or something like that. So maybe podcasting is only a Mac or, you know, Apple based term. And so as we're seeing it get into Google and get into all these other platforms and new technologies, I'm wondering if podcast may, I don't know that it'll ever shaking, go away. I'm shaking my head yeah. because Apple rules the world. It they doesn't, do. it doesn't work like we change what Apple does. We change to what Apple, like we point. don't change Apple. Apple yeah. changes us. Yeah. Ooh, that should be their That's tagline. very good. I I'll like that. I'll bring it to them. <laughs> All right. So that's interesting. I've never heard of an idea of an internal company podcast. Does that exist yeah. at other companies? You know, I I did a lot of research before, you know, when I was putting the proposal together. I didn't find a lot on it. I, I'm, that's not to say that they don't exist. I, I think that they do. But why would you I care can, about them? Yeah. Because you're not I, at that I company. couldn't find. Yeah, I couldn't find. They, they must be internal. Obviously, there's a lot of legal issues with going out to the public, which is. Oh, yeah. I really had to down scale the the vision of mine for this because originally I wanted to bring it to the public and I yeah. still do, you know, yeah. but uh, for now we started internally and then, um, and that's kind of where it's growing to right now. That's cool. Yeah. So, okay. So wait, that was your first podcast that. Sober Guy was my first podcast. Oh, so this is new that yeah, this so, internal company. Thing. Yeah. So I, I still worked for them at the time, but I was able to kind of take the, the Sober Guy model from my experience in creating it and then take all that experience and yeah. apply it over to launching the the corporate podcast. Did you worry working at a, you know, at a corporation launching a podcast about addiction? You know, I, I'd be a liar if I said it didn't cross my mind, but at the same time, that's part of my passion behind it is to helping to bring awareness and like break the stigma of addiction and alcoholism. It's so evident in, in obviously society, but big companies too. And so I'm very outspoken about it. Like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Like I straight up say like, Hey, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. You know, I, I do sober guy radio. I mean, I, I try to, I don't be, I'm not overly promotive about it, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm not afraid to speak up if that makes sense about it. And were you an, you were working for them when you were an active addict? Yes. Okay. What, so tell me about your addiction. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in, in the Bay area, Solano County. I was born in Vallejo. And I uh, have some some family from Napa and lived in Napa a little bit when I was a kid. And then I, for the most part, though, I grew up in Vacaville. Mm -hmm. Like that's, um, that's where I currently live now. And that's where I went to high school and mm -hmm. all that stuff. So pretty small town. Um, it's definitely growing. It's it's a really good 
town, I guess it's centrally located. You can go to the Bay real easy. You can go to Sacramento. You can head up to Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a nice town. It's a really, it's a safe town. There's good schools. At the same time, everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of the same patterns that go on in, in a small town like, mm-hmm. like that, you know, where there's a couple bars and, you know, that's kind of what you do. You party. So that's kind of what, it's kind of what I did, I guess. I worked and I got fucked up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> when did your addiction get bad? The last, the last year, I think it really progressed to the point where I just, I just honestly did not care like about anything. I almost lost my job. I almost lost my marriage. I'm one of those almost guys. Mm-hmm. I've realized that. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that mm-hmm. because at first I thought, you know, well, I never had a DUI. Mm-hmm. I never, I never got fired. I, you know, and so the, those little thoughts creep in and they tell you that, or they tell me that, that I'm okay, mm-hmm. that I, I don't have an issue. Like you're just like everybody else. You just have a good time. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a struggle. I, like in all honesty, it's still a struggle mm-hmm. for me, but it's- Meaning you question your need to be sober? Yeah, I just, I just like, I question sometimes like, am I really that bad? As uh-huh. crazy as that sounds. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, I don't think you're alone with that. Okay, good. That's kind of good <laughs> to know, but yeah. And it's just, it's just kind of weird. And I- and then I look back on like my past growing up in a, in a very alcoholic, dysfunctional family mm-hmm. and, you know, going through the things I went through in, you know, like in adolescence, I guess, and then into my 20s. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you're an alcoholic. So what kinds of things? <laughs> so as a kid or in or both? Both. Growing up, let's see. I'm trying to think the best way to put it. I thought, okay, we watched a lot of cops growing up mm-hmm. in my house. The show. The show. Yeah, bad yeah, yeah. Boys, bad you thought boys. that was just everyone. I life. actually thought that we were going to be on TV one time. Wow. That like somebody, w- that the that the cameras were going to show up. Yeah. And we, because the cops were at our house often for domestic disputes. And right. I have a younger sister. And and so a lot of the time we were caught in the middle of it. And mm. it was it was hard. Yeah. And I don't, my, my mom and dad aren't terrible people. They're, they're good people. They built like, I'm really close with my mom today. She, she's a wonderful woman. She's been super supportive. She's built a new life for herself. Her and my dad ended up divorcing Mm -hmm. um, when I was in my early twenties. So we've been able to really build on that relationship on the other side of that. I mean, I have dad issues big time, like a lot of us and it's hard being a man I think in, you know, without getting too off topic, like when my daughter was born, I was so glad she was a girl because I was so, I was scared shitless to raise a boy, like to raise a man. Like I had no fucking clue. I wasn't sober yet at the time either. Right, right. So like that, and the only reason I point that out is because those are, I think that really shows how I felt for many years about, you know, just about my relationship with him, his alcoholism, me getting sober. And then where it's at today. And like I said, he's, he's not a bad guy. He's just, he's got a huge heart. He loves my sister. He loves me. He loves my kids. You know, we don't see each other often. I just, I just actually finally spoke to him after like a year mm-hmm. and I, I got to keep a real, you know, short leash on that. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's part of this whole recovery journey and process, I guess, you know, is working these things out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think too, I just want to point out that like, yeah, I have a podcast and it's, it's cool. And I have a ton of great support and great people, but I have my own shit too. Like, and I just, yeah. I just, and that's part of it. I, I do talk about it, but it's nice to get 
to like talk to you today and thank you for having me on yeah. to actually get it out a little bit. I feel like we're in a fucking counseling session now. Good. <laughs> My other podcast is really like that. Oh, with the, yes. You've got issues because we delve right in. And I am a coach. I am certified, ah, so watch okay. out. All right. You may be revealing stuff you don't even mean to reveal. I know. I thought about that already? too, the issues, the issues thing. That's a, and that's really good. I can't wait to talk about that actually with you. Yeah, that's it's yes. I'm obsessed with it. So wait a second. So I do think that's a really important thing to point out because I think that people can assume if you go out there and you talk about sobriety that you think a that you think you're like all recovered yeah. or b that other people are going to think that and look to you to be some sort of model of recovery yeah. when that's not in fact what you ever said you were. Yeah, no, no. And uh and from from some of the information I found on you, you've experienced that with being a sex expert, right? Well, what do or you mean? Or a relationship expert. Yeah, well, I mean, I got to say that that whole thing was, you know, you could call it a gift of sobriety in that I got sober and suddenly I got offered so many different yeah. things, which which was an amazing experience because I had only gotten fired from jobs. And suddenly I got get it. sober and I start getting all this stuff way beyond what I had ever expected. And one of those things was this freelance writing career. I wrote some stories for Playboy. They got a lot of attention. And suddenly I sort of had this bizarre on-air TV thing yeah, yeah. that I had never sought out. And all I did was give out recovery advice because I was newly really? sober. Yeah. yeah. I would talk about how everything, every relationship problem was fear, how control and surrender. And yeah. nobody knew that I was just cribbing what I was learning in recovery really? and applying That's it to relationships. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I have never held myself out to be any beacon of wisdom on anything. Yeah. Frankly, I'm, I'm, I, I'm an expert on writing and that's about it. Not on anything else. Not on that? Really? I don't think so. I w because I, it's like, I, you know, You seem also, like a pretty talented... Well, thank you. But yeah. it's like, you know, so I'm I'm a little over... I mean, I'm almost 16 years sober. And you, I'm wow, sure you've heard people cool. say this. The longer you're sober, the less you know. Yeah, I have heard that before. You really just realize how you, little you know. Do you think you it's know. the less you know, though? Or is it the less that you, like, care about knowing? Oh, know? no. Well, that, that's a good question. you know what I mean question. in a sense? Like, I, I think that it's... You just realize that life is more confounding and confusing yeah. than you thought. And when you first get sober, I mean, my experience was I was so excited to have rules for living that I thought, yeah. okay, this is it. I've got the answer. And I don't have any answers. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's definitely much easier. And I totally agree with you on that. It's it's so much easier just to say, look, like, I don't know everything. And that that, that was the part of the struggle for me, and I've heard it from a lot of my friends who are in recovery too, is that like my way doesn't work all the time. Yeah. And I don't get my way all the time. And yeah. when I used to not get my way, I would be self-destructive. Yeah. And so like coming to terms with that, and I still have the tendencies to want to do it today. Like, or I, I can't even think of an example, but I know that those thoughts still cross my mind, I guess is what I'm getting at. Right. But man, just to be able to just be okay with being me yeah. and be okay with not knowing everything. And like, I used to get so pissed off. Like if I didn't know, or I couldn't do something, right. I would get angry yeah. about it. Why can't you, you're, you're stupid. Like really self-destructive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not the way to live. Like there's no reason for it. I'm not perfect, you know? But here's the thing. And, and I, okay. I do feel like people who are in earlier sobriety talk 
again, I think this has to do with realizing you know less as time yeah. goes on, just sort of be like, well, it's just a decision to feel better. And it's, and <laughs> it's not, yeah. I mean, it is and it isn't, you yeah. know, how about when you can't help but feel negative, when you know you're yeah. in your quote, alcoholism, when all the tools aren't working. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. It's not entirely a choice. Yeah. Oh, I totally just lost my train of thought. Well, I am good. I mean, <laughs> but I think that people who struggle, you know, and and there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast who who struggle to get sober. Yeah. They hear people say, oh, it's just a choice. And they go, what are you talking about? I made that choice. I mean, what else is it to A, get sober and B, sort of live the by the principles you learn yeah. in recovery? You know, that that's funny too. I, I just thought of something when you said that. I wonder if it's, is it more difficult to get sober or to stay sober? And, Depends. I think difficult in different ways. And, and it's going to definitely depend on the person, I guess, too, right? Like what? Well, staying sober in terms of not saying abstinent is quote, easier than getting sober. I mean, that's just a fact. But staying emotionally sober, I think might be harder as time goes on. I I would definitely agree with you there. I still, let me ask you something actually after, so you said you have 16 years, right? I will in November. Yeah. November. Okay. So 15 and some 15 plus years. Yeah. Do you still have thoughts about drinking and using drugs? Like, even if it's just the most split second thing, like that go-to thing, like, I wish I could get fucked up right now. Do you, I'm just You know, curious. I didn't for years and years and years. And the only times I ever did, once I was in New Zealand and once I was in Indonesia, which sounds super glamorous. But the truth <laughs> is does. those were the only two times for years that because I was surrounded by drinkers and they, it all looked good. Nobody was an alcoholic. Got it, got and, it. And I wanted to actively drink. Then, but in my day-to-day life, it doesn't occur to me. That being said, this last year has, I, I, everything is good now, but I was like, the last couple of years have been in my head a little bit like tumultuous. Yeah. And I started to have thoughts of not, I want to drink. I just want an escape. How come yes. I don't have an escape from these thoughts? And yeah. I was walking to, we do a live show. In fact, we're doing it tonight. Uh, nice. Once a month, we do a storytelling show. I, heard, after party. I heard you mention that. Yeah, yeah. I want to check that out sometime. That looks really cool. It's cool. It's cool. We're now switching to every other month just because it's a, a lot of work. But I was walking into the storytelling show and I looked up at this apartment and I saw people partying and I go, oh my God. I want, I want to go in there. And why did I have to make such a big deal about this sober thing? Yeah. Why? Yeah. yeah why? Now I have no freedom. <laughs> and, you know, and just like anything, you know, they say the craving passes in five minutes, whether you use or not. Yeah. And I just heard this thing. I just read the Jill Bolte Taylor book, My Stroke of Insight. It's about the neuroscientist who had a stroke and she has a TED talk and she explains that a feeling lasts in your body of a chemical reaction to a feeling for 90 seconds. Really? And after that, it's a choice. Really? Oh, yeah. that's super. I've never heard that before. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. I'll have to look into that a little bit more because I, I could I could totally see if I if I think back to getting one of those feelings, I could see how that would be because then you get the feeling, the rush or the actual um, unpleasant feeling sometimes. Yes, yeah, it, totally, totally. Like even guilt a little bit. Yeah, I start feeling guilty just for having the thought. Yeah, yeah. Why am I having that thought? But then after that passes. Then you start to, or at least I start to ponder about it. Well, what if I did do that? Yeah. And then that's what you're saying. Then yeah. it would become that choice that you make. Yeah. God, yeah it's just- and it's like, yeah, it's judging yourself for it. It's going the always or never route. I'm always going to have this feeling. You know, anything that's sort of launching yeah. into a future you can't predict. Yeah. 
is yeah. I think what makes feelings last. So, okay. So, so were you drinking and doing drugs? Was that your thing? Yes. I, n- I never, I never did heroin. Mm-hmm. Thank God. I, I never, I never messed with any of that, but a lot of, a lot of drinking was always the, the, like the center. It was always at the center of it. And then I was a super bad pothead. Like, I mean, I smoked weed every day when I woke up till I went to bed. Mm-hmm. And then all over again, that you know, every every day, and I would do that a lot too. So I always like to point that out. I would switch off. Uh, I'm drinking a little too much. I'm gonna not drink for a little bit and yep. just smoke weed. You know, that would always last a couple of days or maybe a week, and then I'd yeah. be back. Okay, I'm gonna you know be back and forth. But I started doing cocaine when I was in like the well, the first time I did it was when I was in my late teens, I think, and it was really just recreational, I guess. At first, I'd always told myself I would never ever do it. But towards the latter end, like the last the last couple of years, maybe even the last five years, just I was partying a lot. And so that just seemed to always come up. And so anytime I started, anytime I drank, which sounds stupid because I was pretty much drinking every day, mm-hmm. I as soon as that thought was implanted in my mind of getting a bag of dope, like it was just like on. Mm-hmm. So it was like mission status. I would never want, I, I couldn't. Like my wife, my my wife and I partied together too. She's not like me, but mm-hmm. she really, you know, we 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 partied a lot together. And she would ask me sometimes, like, "Well, can't I'd be out in the garage or something by myself, you know, finishing it up? Mm-hmm. Can't you just save it for tomorrow?" I'm mm-hmm. Like, fuck no, I'm not gonna. Why would I do that? You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't I don't want to save it. I can't do that. I would lay in, I would go lay in bed and think about well, there's still more outside. I, you know what yeah. I mean? So those thoughts that those feelings and all the while of doing that and living like that. And I was productive too Mm. at the same time. So I don't want to make it sound like I was just like this person who just, that's all I did all day. I'm very like high functioning. Mm -hmm. Like I went to work, I held up, you know, my, my end. I'm, I'm very, I'm a very like adaptive person. So a lot of the time you probably wouldn't have even known that I was like really fucked up because I'm very like, I can, I can just, blend in and handle my shit, I guess. Even on Coke? Yeah. Well, at least I thought so at the time. I don't know. Maybe I was with a bunch of other people on Coke too. But you were going to work. Were you you high at work? Oh, we don't need to get into that. Um, Let's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah, I always found that people would tell me that I seemed weird or that I seemed, I wrote a script with a friend when Mm -hmm. I was, I was always high and he didn't know. And he told me (laughs) later that I just always seemed very sad. Really? Yeah. Like dark? Yeah. Really? Because I would just be in my head going, oh my God, do they yeah. know I'm, does he know I'm on Coke? Oh my God, why am I on Coke? What, who, what kind of a person needs to be on Coke to write a script, you know? How do you write on Coke anyways? Not oh very effectively. Gosh, that sounds terrible. That sounds like torture. Yeah, it was good <laughs> at first and then it stopped being effective. Yeah, yeah. Just like most things you try to do on Coke, I think. Yeah, it's not not fun. Like I, I do not miss that at all. Those that That guilt, that shame of, I can't say how many times I was like, okay, I'm never going to do never going to do Coke again. Yeah. And then, and I would go maybe a, a week or something yeah. or a couple weeks even, maybe yeah. even a month probably, you know, without, and then all of a sudden it would pop up or that, like I said, that thought, if I didn't have the thought or I wasn't drinking, a lot of the time I could, I could not, I, I could keep busy and yeah. not, it would never pop up. But once it popped up, it was just something that just over, overtook me, you know, yeah. a lot of drinking and driving and being yeah. on drugs and driving. Like I'm, I've lost a couple of, of friends to to drugs, like many of us. And that's part of the reason that I think I'm so passionate about, you know, the sober guy platform and just and just reaching out to people and just talking about my stuff because 
I really do feel blessed and lucky that I got a second chance. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to take that and just move forward with it kind of, you know, for, for myself and for my family, of course, too, but kind of in honor of those, of those who have passed from this, you know, disease Mm -hmm. of addiction, alcoholism, it, it fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. So what if you had one last thing to impart to listeners, what would it be about addiction or recovery? I think just, just reach out, you know, you're not alone. There's, there's help out there. I know, I know it kind of sounds cliche and it, it might sound even stupid <laughs> if I look at it from like an addict perspective, but at the same time, like there's so many of us who have those same feelings, like, and, and we're all kind of the same in that. And the other thing is it doesn't matter what your status is. If you're a, a painter or a doctor or a lawyer, or you work at a grocery store or you're in, you know, you're, you're whatever, whatever it is that you do. All that shit is irrelevant. Like alcoholism, addiction will fucking kill you. And if you don't, if you don't step up and and at least come to terms with the way that your thoughts are are, are coming out and those feelings you're having and reach out and ask for some help, it's okay to ask for help. Help, help isn't a sign of weakness, asking for help. Help is a sign of 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 surrender and wanting to better yourself and be the person that you that you truly were meant to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know, just there's help out there and there's other people. You're, you're not alone. I, I just remember feeling so alone. And if I could stress one thing is that you're, you're not. You yeah. Know? All right. Well, that's a good note to end on. All right. That was Shane Raymer, that sober guy on After Party Pod. Go check him out and go check out After Party Magazine and Issues with Anna. And if you like this podcast or the other one, please subscribe, review, Raise. That helps other people find it. And you earn my everlasting gratitude. Until next time. <laughs>